Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I gotta start off this episode by sharing that at any given moment, my daughter can walk into this room. I am solo parenting for these couple of months. I'm sure you guys know already, but we're in Sweden and Leia and I are alone. And I realize I have never been I mean, I've never been alone for this amount of time with my child, which is a luxury I didn't know I had. It's one of those things that, you know how we take so many things for granted and then all of a sudden we have a little bit of perspective and we realize, wow, how blessed am I that I have this in my life? That's been my experience these past two weeks. You know, Dennis is in Aruba taking care of our house. Leia and I are in Sweden She's four, so it's not as, you know, complicated and challenging to be with her as it is, you know, when you have a newborn or or a little baby, of course, which is super challenging. But it's not easy, you guys. Holy shit. I mean, I the reverence and just humility and absolute awe I feel for every single parent out there. I have single parent friends. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, it's it's wild. The amount of things I have taken for granted over the past four years of mothering and parenting that I didn't know were a total freaking blessing. Let me give you an example. (laughs) Okay, this might be a little TMI, but as parents who are alone, like single parents, when was the last time you got to take a poop alone? I mean, I'm serious. seriously, how do you guys go to the bathroom? I either have a kid like banging on the door, talking to me through the door, or just insists on coming with me. I mean, in this past two weeks, I haven't had a second to myself. And she's amazing. She's adorable. She's super funny. But it doesn't mean that I want to spend every waking second with her 24 hours a day, right? Like we need space for our sanity. 
And yeah, I haven't I haven't had a moment in the bathroom to myself for the past two weeks, which I never knew was a luxury that I've had all these years of parenting her. Being able to at any moment tell my husband, hey, I'm going over here or hey, I'm going to the bathroom or hey, I'm going for a run which I used to do every morning. I didn't have to really plan that super well. I could roll out my mat and say, hey, I need 30 minutes right now. And I know I have a husband there who's going to be with her and take great care of her. And, you know, nothing's lacking. She's not going to complain. Everything's great. Now we're all alone, right? And I mean, I knew obviously that being alone for two months with her was going to be a change of lifestyle, but there are certain things I didn't expect. So in one way, we are so close I mean, I I really feel like we are closer than we've ever been because it's just her and I, and it's also her and I going through a lot of change and, you know, experiencing new things together. It's a total different kind of normal to our lives right now. And at the same time, I just feel so grateful that I have Dennis, you know, and that we have this little constellation of our perfect little family. And I will never again take going to the bathroom by myself for granted, okay? (laughs) It's one of those things where I just feel so grateful and humble and makes me want to like gather every single parent up and just go, hey, can I can I watch your kid a little bit so you can go have some alone time? Like we all need alone time. And I'm craving that right now. But yeah, all of this to preface that probably she's going to open the door and barge in and talk about something or maybe maybe ask to go to the bathroom because that's also, we've hit this age. I don't know any parents out there who have a four or five year old. I don't know if this is like, we're talking about bathroom visits a lot. I don't know. And that's making me, it's making me lose my my kind of filter or just awareness of how, how normal is it to talk about poop all the time because we talk about it all day because it's like a big topic. Maybe not that normal. Maybe not something that you should start a podcast off by, <laughs> by talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, how are you? How is your day? How is your life? How is your body? How is your heart? Hmm. Let's take a moment to sit with our hearts, shall we? So just where you are in this moment, the way you are, right? Whatever you have objectively going on in this situation that is your life today. How is your heart? How are you feeling here now? And if it's helpful, you can close your eyes. You can place a hand to your heart center and just take a deep breath into the chest and then pull that breath down into the belly. And you can exhale through the nose just very slowly from the belly, past the heart and out through the nose. And take a few moments just like that. Give yourself enough space and time to slow down so you can bring your awareness right here, right now. So just breathing in and out through the nose, hand to your heart center, feeling into this moment. Hmm. How is your heart doing right now? Such an important question to ask. And it's one of those things where if we don't have enough space in our day, you know, maybe you are a single parent, maybe you are a parent with support, which all on its own is also so hard. Maybe you're busy, maybe you don't have kids, but you're busy with life. Maybe you're feeling stressed, maybe you've been ill. 
Maybe you're just a human being in 2021 trying to make it through the day, you know. And if we don't have enough space to do these little check-ins with ourselves, it can be quite challenging, I think. If we don't have that practice of dropping into the heart and asking ourselves, how is my heart? How am I doing? It feels a little bit foreign to do that. You know, if it's been a while since you had a check-in with yourself, it takes time. So right now, if you're asking yourself that question as you're holding your hand to your heart and just breathing here, if you feel nothing, or if no answer comes your way, or if you just feel a little bit of confusion or numbness, you know, or you're expecting a big answer here, but nothing comes Give yourself some time, okay? Give yourself some space. And just breathe here with yourself for a little while. A check-in like this with our hearts. We don't have to approach that looking for something special or something particular. There are no right answers to how am I feeling. And sometimes, you know, I'll do this in the day and I don't get a clear answer at all. I don't know how I'm doing. I feel too disconnected to actually know. And at least I spent five minutes listening. And feeling disconnected or feeling numb is also a feeling. So if that's the case, can I just hold myself in that disconnect right now? without having to make sense of things, without having to fix it or change it or all of a sudden feel connected and present. But the practice of checking in with the heart is just noticing what is there and then giving ourselves enough time to actually feel it. So here now in this moment, without changing a thing, without judging a thing, how is your heart? Maybe you can take a deeper breath into that place. Hmm. And whatever comes up, see if you can actually search for the felt sense of that experience in your body. Almost like Whatever feeling is here, whatever experience is here, like you're tracking it physically in your physical body. What does this moment feel like? Because oftentimes we do a check-in and then we're quick to jump back into our minds or into the head and we go, oh, I'm sad. Or, you know, oh, I'm stressed or oh, I'm anxious, I'm angry, I'm happy, I'm excited, I'm nervous, I'm grateful, whatever it is. And then we kind of leave that label of the emotion in the mind. So try to bring it a little bit closer to home by pulling it down into the body, into the felt sense of that feeling in the body. So once you have that emotion, you know, say it's sad. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling sadness in the body. Sad is just the label of the feeling. Right? So what is the felt sense of sadness, if that's what's there? Or the felt sense of joy, if that's what's there? Whatever is the truth of how you are. Where in the body can you feel 
this emotion and what does it feel like? Take a moment right now. Where in the body does your awareness go? What part of the body can you sense? Just a little bit of movement. Yeah, and a little bit of movement meaning a little bit of awareness. Your focus goes to that place. Does it feel warm or cold? Is it a fluttery feeling or does it come in waves? Does it feel electric? Like you have a little bit of electricity moving through your skin. Is it a feeling of something heavy or something light? What is the feeling in the body? And now this feeling, we don't have to say it's good or bad, right? Or what's here in the body it doesn't have to be labeled as anything. It just is. So for me, for instance, sitting here now, hand to my heart, eyes closed. Hmm. I'm feeling content in this moment. Huh. And content, what does that mean? Okay, what is that felt sense, the experience of being content? What is that like in the body? Well, I can sense a little bit of warmth in my lower belly. Actually makes me want to put a hand there just to increase that connection. Feeling content to me in this moment is like warmth in my belly. And I feel a little bit of a tickling feeling actually in my fingers, in my chest. Just like there's little little pricks, little tickles of, of some, some awareness, some presence. Almost like a little bit of an electrical current there running through my hands up into my chest. And if I keep feeling that or tracking that in the body, I can also sense my feet are really cold right now, which is okay. My breath is here. I feel vulnerable, soft, open. So translating that for you right now. Just tracking that in the body, your own feeling, your own experience in this moment, right here, right now. And then see just how much time and how much space you can give yourself without having to arrive at an end destination with this practice. The practice really is just letting ourselves linger in this place where we are just lingering here it's like we're letting ourselves get used to being with a feeling versus wanting to fix it versus wanting to escape it or versus wanting to change it or judge it which we often do you know i shouldn't feel sad i have so much to be grateful for hmm. sadness is here sadness is here so let's take just another minute or so with this felt sense of whatever is true for you in this moment, feeling whatever that feels like in your body in this moment. If it feels like where we are right now is a 
place you want to linger. You can stay listening to the rest of this show, just totally present in your body, eyes closed, staying here now the way you are. And if you'd rather flutter your eyes open and look around the room, maybe move the body a little bit, go ahead and do that. Just receive this moment in a way that makes sense for where you are. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hi. (laughs) I am uh, smiling so big right now. Yeah, that that feeling of being content. Hmm. Hmm. Hi. <laughs> wow, that feeling of of being content. You know that content feeling in my belly and my body. I'm smiling right now because I feel it in this big, 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 big way. And the interesting thing about doing these little check ins all throughout the day is of course I get to track the fact that I go from feeling really content and then all of a sudden I'm nervous about something and then I feel anxiety about something but I don't know why and then I get really joyful and then I'm grateful and then I'm scared and then I'm frustrated and you know we move through these this tapestry of human emotion all throughout the day and it's kind of wild in a sense, that this is just normal, you know, it's part of our human experience, but no one ever really taught us what to do with everything, how to move through emotions in that sense, how to hold space for ourselves to let ourselves have the experience that we're having. It's so hard. I mean, it really, really, really is so hard. And I feel like I have been in this practice for years now, You know, I've been on this healing journey for so long. I feel like I'm completing a cycle in a way, just being back in Sweden now. If I think of when I left Sweden, I left because of a lot of trauma, because of a big wound and a lot of what I feel now is really ancestral, old family dynamics that were really harmful. And it's been almost 15 years, you know, it's been a long time (laughs) 
I was just 19, turning 19 when I left. And I'm going to be 33 this year. So I mean, it's 14 years. It's a long time. I've lived in Aruba 11 years. And suddenly, here I am back in my home country, back experiencing the joy of feeling my roots, you know, feeling my feet firmly planted on the earth. And then the fear of merging with these old dynamics again, the fear of these wounds opening up again, the fear of this trauma being relived. I mean, there's so much. And I don't know really what I was expecting when I decided to go to Sweden now if, you know, everything's going to be great, everything's going to be easy, or if I just bailed on Aruba in the same way I kind of bailed on Sweden when I was 18. But it's been, it's been beautiful coming back home and it's been really fucking hard. Those two things are true and they can can be true at the same time. And I, I have to continuously remind myself of that. That when I'm having a hard day, and I've had hard days here too, I mean, I'm all alone with Leia, as I said, solo parenting out in the cabin in the middle of the woods. So of course, you know, she doesn't have a ton of interaction. There's no other kids here. I mean, it's just us. And then we have friends that kind of visit once in a while and, and things like that. But, you know, we're spending 24 hours a day together and getting to know each other on this really intimate, intimate way, just for me to record this show. I mean, it's it's a really challenging thing. And I don't know if, what I was expecting, if, if everything was going to be easy or not, but I have to remind myself that when I have a hard day, like I had a day a couple of days ago where I woke up with anxiety, and I just felt so much anxiety in my whole body. You know that feeling, you just wake up and the feeling is something is wrong. It's like alarm bells are going off. But when I look around, everything's okay. You know, I'm in this space. I, I'm safe here. It's beautiful here. We're in the woods every day. We're rediscovering this land in this most amazing way. I have no, you know, issues or problems. There's no people I'm fighting with, not even in my family, the challenging stuff going on there. I don't have anything actively happening, you know. And I just wake up and anxiety's there. And it takes me a while, even though I've been doing this for so long, I've had these practices, you know, of mindfulness, of yoga, of meditation, of trauma healing, of tracking these things in my body, of therapy, I mean, of plant medicine, like so many tools that I have that I use. And still, it takes a long time for me to even become aware enough of the fact that, oh, wait, I have anxiety right now, (laughs) you know. I woke up that morning and I, not knowing what I was feeling was anxiety, I just all of a sudden felt like everything was wrong. Like finding problems and flaws and all of a sudden, you know, everything feels like a struggle and how am I going to figure this out? And I don't know what I'm doing with my life and we have no place to live. And where are we going to live in Aruba? Where are we going to live in Sweden? Are we supposed to be here? You know, and I start kind of spinning in this little cycle. And then it takes one of those check-ins, you know, like we just had at the beginning of the show one of those moments of me by myself, closing my eyes, placing my hand to my heart, checking in, like, whoa, 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 what is actually going on? What is it that's actually happening? Not in the outside, which is where the mind wants us to go. My mind wants to take me into all the outside issues and problems and things and go into fixing them, thinking that if I fix this, if I fix that, 
if I find a permanent house to live in, if I figure out school for Leia, if I do this and that, and I figure out money and I figure out if I solve all the problems that my mind is telling me I have that are so critical and urgent in this moment, even though nothing changed from the day before, even though I'm sitting in the same cabin in the woods, in terms of things being critical and urgent, nothing has changed. But for me, my anxiety makes everything feel like it's life or death. And right now, you know, like I want to fix all of those things. And my mind tells me I can't fix all of those things. So if I just go into this problem solving mode, and then all I'm doing by letting my mind take the lead and go into that spinning place is I, I get further and further away from myself. I get further and further away from the truth of the situation of what's actually unfolding. And what I need is that space to check in. Really, what I need is just five minutes of silence. You know, I need that reminder to look in, to look inside of me, to look within instead of go searching without. And I think for so many of us, we spend the majority of our time searching without in that outside space of how can I make things better? How can I fix my problems? How can I get better in all these different ways, improve myself, improve my life? And we think once I figure this thing out, then I'm going to be happy. Once I fix this thing, then I'll be content, you know, and it's all a mirage. It's not real. It's not true. The truth in those moments lies inside. And we know that. I mean, deep down, we know, we know, we just forget, you know, and we, we've had a lifetime of being taught to forget, a lifetime of, of patriarchy and capitalism and the society that constantly validates everything that is on the outside, how we look, how much money we earn, how successful we are these kinds of things, you know, what kind of education we have, where we live, all of this outside stuff that doesn't mean anything. But then we go into this spinning place of, okay, I got to fix more of the outside stuff, get better at the outside stuff, then I'll feel content. And then the truth is, you know, it's like every cliche ever told from every spiritual teaching, every religion in this world is go within. The truth and the contentment is inside. It's in this moment here now. And for me in that spinning place, the moment I place my hand to my heart and take a breath and I realize, wait, it's anxiety. Okay, that's the first thing. Oh, wait, wait. Nothing changed overnight, you know. I don't know why that anxiety is there. And that's something that I'm teaching myself also to, I'm practicing, I guess, to not have to find the reason why. I used to think that every time I feel anything, every time I have any kind of anxiety or anger, anything surfaces, if I look hard enough, I'll find the trigger. And, and when I find the trigger, I can make sense of it and it will go away, you know, which sometimes it's true, you know, sometimes it's really can be really helpful to, to look into or to at least become aware of our thoughts, you know, the thinking pattern in our minds, our triggers, everything that makes us become reactive. So we can find the source of, wait, why am I feeling so upset now? Where five minutes ago I was okay. And oftentimes we'll find a little interaction. Something didn't sit right with us. Something made us feel betrayed or left out or a little stepped on. Or, and it can even be a thought about one of those things occurring. Like nothing actually physically happened. But we think about one of those things that have happened or that may or may not happen. And we get upset. 
you know. So it can be really helpful, you know, to have that practice too of investigating and figuring out what our triggers are so we can learn to become aware of them. But something I'm learning more recently is not everything has a direct source of something that just happened. Not every feeling is triggered by something super specific that just came up. Some days we wake up with anxiety. And looking into that place of like, what did I do to get here? It can add a lot of blame and a lot of guilt as if we created our own anxiety, as if it's our fault that anxiety is here. And what I'm realizing more and more is that so much of the experiences that we are having now in this life, in this generation, is ancestral. And I believe this, like I get goosebumps saying that, I know that's true. I can wake up in the morning with anxiety and it's not mine. Like that, I can feel that, the truth of that in a major, major, major way. That ancestral pain, you know, it's passed down through lineage through every generation and sometimes we experience that felt sense of something and it doesn't have to be bad but I think if we come from from a lineage of of a lot of hard things which I think all of us do we all of a sudden get overwhelmed with this feeling of whoa you know this this we don't feel safe all of a sudden or we feel like something's not right all of a sudden and I 100% am starting to figure out that not everything I'm experiencing in this life right now is because of something I've done or thought or an experience that I just had. Some of it is really, really, really old. You know, some of it is this memory of past experiences that maybe I was not even old enough to be aware of. You know, I've had experiences in this life of things that I happened to me or things that that unfolded when I was in my mother's womb. And I can have that feeling, that experience today. And I definitely believe that to be true for past lives too, you know, for ancestral things too. If we have really heavy traumatic things that happened to our great grandparents and then passed on to our grandparents and passed on to our parents, there's going to be certain things, certain things that will trigger feelings inside of us that have nothing to do with what we are doing or thinking or situations we are in today. You know, it can be a little something that reminds our soul of, wow, there was loss here or I feel fear, or I don't feel safe in this scenario, but that feeling of unsafety, it's not even ours, you know, it's, it's old. And being in the space of where we are now, being able to figure all of this out, I think it is because we have more tools today to actually move through and release and let some or all of that go. You know, imagine that, imagine, imagine a person in your own lineage you know imagine someone imagine a great 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 grandparent from way you know someone you've never met someone who lives you know so hundreds of years ago who if it wasn't for them you wouldn't be here today you know you have a direct line to this person but also they feel really far away you might not even know their name or where they live or what their life was like imagine going through a traumatic situation in the 1700s I think about this a lot I've been doing a lot of like family tree and ancestral history lately. I have a great, 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 (laughs) gotta say this right, grandmother, um, whose name was Sofia Albertina, who was born in the late 1700s, right? And she had 10 kids, lost her first two babies. 
And when I looked into that, because we have my, my dad and my grandma, they've done all this family history. So I, there was something about her. I don't know why. I mean, I've been looking into all of this, my, my whole ancestry, basically. But I came across a picture of her, of Sophia. And I, it was like my, my, my heart stopped a little bit. I just, I just looked into her. It's this black and white photo, this really old ancient photo of a woman, right? Kind of looks my age-ish a little bit. And I don't know, I, I had to show Dennis. I'm like, does this look like me? Like, do I look like her? Like, I feel like there's a resemblance somehow. I don't know, something about her gaze. I just know, like this, she's my person, you know? And we're talking hundreds of years ago, but I'm a direct descendant to her, right? So I look into her history. I said, okay, I feel really connected to this person. And look, look into her history. She had 10 kids, her first two babies died when they were one year old, both of them. So imagine that. Imagine losing a one-year-old. I mean, I can't even make my mind go there. And then imagine having another baby and then losing a one-year-old again. And then I look back and I see that her mom lost a one-year-old too. And her grandmother lost a one-and-a-half-year-old. So, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps again, but there's this in this lineage of this generation after generation of women losing their babies at one. And then you can be really, you know, kind of cynical about this and go, well, in the 17, 1800s, you know, kids died more often and it was more common that, you know, you lose, you lost your kids when they were little and more disease and more stuff like that. Like you can be, you know, like it doesn't have to have any connection, but absolutely. I mean, I 100% think that there is a connection there. And then this idea of, you know, our ancestors, almost like when bad things happened, like it wasn't that bad. You know, I've, I used to have that idea. Well, back in the day, things were just worse, right? So if you had a trauma, it wasn't really as traumatic. If you lose a bunch of kids, is it really that bad? You know, if it's common that children die? Yes. I mean, of course, of course, the pain of losing a child, no matter if it's today or 500 years ago, it's the same pain. I mean, of course, but imagine being, living in that time, going through a trauma like that and then not having, you know, not having the space to process that. Not, there not being any kind of scenario or dynamic in your life where there's space for healing to occur, but maybe there was this kind of survival of, well, yeah, this happens, right? You just move on. You have another kid and you move on. And she had 10 babies. And I, as I look, like every generation that passed on after that, there has been a lot of death of children. There's been a lot of suicide among these mothers in my ancestral line. And I don't think that any of this is a fluke. I don't think that any of this is like by chance, you know. And Sophia, who I almost, I, I want to I share her photo because it's, she's so, she looks to me like a, medicine woman you know like a heal like like the village healer I don't know there's something about her energy just in this photo it's really powerful when she lost her mother to suicide when she was four and I almost lost my mother to suicide when I was four you know it's like a very direct connection that I feel in that sense and I don't think that any of this is random the difference is now in 2021 I can sit here with my own trauma and anxiety and pain, a lot of it that maybe isn't even just my own. And I have all the tools in the world to actually process and move that energy through my body. 
And I love this idea of when anxiety all of a sudden comes my way and I can't figure it out. I can't make a link to anything. I can't connect it to a thought, to a situation, to a scenario. I just wake up in the morning and it's there. What if that's the universe giving me the gift of processing old pain? What if by dealing with that anxiety, holding that anxiety, sitting with it, breathing through it, taking care of myself in whatever way I need to take care of myself through that anxiety, I am alchemizing old, old trauma and letting it go. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about this idea, you know, of, of pain and ancestral energies, but it feels really true to me. My dad came to visit this cabin the other day and he goes, oh, you know, you have a lot of ancestors that live across this, across this lake. And I'm like, what? He says, yeah, you have so, like, we have so many ancestors that live right here on these lands, like exactly where you, where you ended up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, is it, is it by chance that of all the places in the world I could have ended up, it's right in this spot, you know, it's, it's something. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And the beautiful thing about this idea, you know, of ancestral pain, which I believe in absolutely, is it's helpful. You know, it really is. Feeling connected to something bigger than just me, feeling connected to my, to my ancestral lines, to my bloodline, feeling purposeful when I am in the practice of, of managing the day-to-day -day emotions that really bring me down. There's something there. I really feel like there's something there and I can feel it walking through the woods with Leia here. You know, there's something knowing that my ancestors walked these woods with their kids, you know, that they felt similar things to what I'm feeling in my life right now. And yeah, it was a different kind of world for sure. But here I am today and they were right here too. And it's something that Something that honestly, I, I, I think I've been too weighed down by the urgency of the recent traumas and mental illness and things like that in my immediate family that I've kind of rejected everything. And that's what happened when I was 18. It was too much, too heavy, too toxic that it made me not want to be in Sweden. You know, it made me not want to be Swedish. It made me feel like everything related to Sweden was just dark and bad. And I felt like that for a long time, you know. People would ask me, like, well, why, how come you don't, like, why did you move from Sweden? And I would say, well, it's dark and cold in every way. And it's not just dark and cold, you know, like October through March. And I mean, we're here now in May. We've had two days of sunshine. It's been freezing cold. I mean, Sweden, we're way up north, you know. The only thing north of us is the freaking North Pole. So, like... It's cold and dark, but for me, it meant more than weather. You know, I felt like Sweden was cold and dark, like people are cold and dark here. My family feels cold and dark and foreign and not all right. And now that I'm here, I'm having this very different experience of Sweden, 
you know, where I feel like Sweden is, is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Walking through the forest here, it's the most magical experience of my entire life. And it's reminding me of all the experiences I've had before I left, you know, before I ran away of beauty, of connection, of love, of feeling like I belong, you know, so much of that. And it was almost like to leave, I had to reject everything. I had to say no thank you, you know, because I couldn't deal with my mother, for instance. I had to say no thank you to everything and everyone because everything relates to her, right? And it was too hard, too heavy, too much. So I feel in a sense, I was sharing that on Instagram the other day, like I feel like I pulled myself up by the roots. I didn't just walk away, you know? And actually I had, like Sweden has one of the highest, we have some of the highest income tax in the whole world. The only place with higher income tax in the world is Aruba. <laughs> like I, I made good choices <laughs> tax-wise to, to live where I live. But so Sweden, is, it's, it has a really high tax brackets. And a couple of years ago, I got a letter in the mail because, of course, I'm a citizen here. I mean, I'm Swedish, born and raised, like Swedish passport, like that's it. And Swedish people tend to travel and move. And it's really common to be a Swedish citizen and have residency elsewhere, like super common, not strange at all. It's really easy to vote from abroad and things like that. And I got a letter in the mail saying I have been rejected from Sweden, <laughs> Like they wrote me out in a sense of like, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not just not a resident of Sweden anymore, but I'm actually not even registered as anymore. So like Sweden doesn't know that Leia exists. I can't renew my driver's license here. I can't have a Swedish driver's license anymore because Sweden said, no, thank you. I'm not allowed to pay any taxes in Sweden, which you know, it's not where I do business anymore, but normally like a country wants you to pay taxes there, of course, like I'm sure Sweden should want me to move all my stuff there. But they just, you know, I, I got a letter in the mail and I was talking to, to my attorney yesterday about something totally unrelated. And he said, you know, in all my, all my life, all my decades of working in Swedish law, I have never heard of anyone being deregistered from Sweden, like completely, like like rejected from Sweden. It's really strange that that, that that happened to you. And yeah, and I, I think that's a really good energetic reflection of how I have felt about Sweden. I rejected Sweden and then Sweden rejected me right back, you know. So yeah, I don't pay taxes in Sweden. I pay all my taxes in Aruba, which doesn't help me in any way, you know, in terms of like <laughs> the money I keep at the end of the day. But Things like, you know, coming here now and I, I, I can't, I don't have a Swedish driver's license. I can't buy property here easily. I can't go to the bank. I can't, I'm really not Swedish anymore. And I feel like that is a reflection of how I told Sweden to fuck the fuck off. I don't like you. I don't want you. You're dark and cold. I don't belong here. Let me go as far away as I can in every sense. Let me go to the Caribbean <laughs> live on a white beach with turquoise water which is like the opposite of what Sweden is and let me make a home there and that's what I did and now <laughs> I feel like it's this like I it, like it is this heroine's journey and I'm making a full circle and I can't really figure everything out yet and that's what I'm practicing is that I don't have to figure everything out people ask me oh so you've moved you're moving back to Sweden now I don't know <laughs> I don't know. We don't have we don't have a place to live here. I mean, I have a place for another month here. I don't know. Oh, so you're going to live in Aruba then? I don't know. 
Like we don't have a house in Aruba. We don't have a house in Sweden. We don't have a home in any country. We don't even know which country is home anymore. And I'm sensing that probably, you know, we are supposed to make a change and Sweden is calling me, like really calling me. But I just can't really make sense of what that life would be like. You know, are we going to move the business to Sweden? Do I have to like tell Sweden, hey, hey, can you please register me back in the country? So so I'm not an outlaw here. Like that's what it feels like. I mean, should, do I, should, I don't know. Should we try to look for a house here? Like, I really don't know. And I'm trying to be okay not knowing everything. But there's something much deeper, deeper than mold, you know, deeper than mycotoxins, deeper than the house being a mess, deeper than all this, like the outside stuff that's been going on that, that's calling me here right now. And every day, every single day, that we're here and we're just in the middle of nowhere, right? We're not in a city. We've been here for two weeks. I almost haven't seen anyone. My friends in Stockholm keep asking me like, wait, you're in Sweden, but you're, you're, you're just going to be out there. You're not going, you're not coming home like here. And I have no longing to be in a city. I have no longing to go sit at a restaurant or meet a bunch of people or go shopping or I don't, I don't know. What do people do in cities? Like remind me, I don't know. I have no longing to be in a city. I just want to be here breathing this forest air. And every day I find a new plant that I remember from my childhood. I mean, that I really remember that I have a a history with. Like every day I have a moment with Mother Nature where I go, yeah, yeah, right. Today we picked nettles, which grow like, you know, weeds here, like everywhere. And I'm remembering my grandmother used used to make nettle soup. She used to go out in the back of the woods and with gloves on and, and, and pick nettles and we would eat nettle soup. I haven't had nettle soup since I was like seven years old, I think. <laughs> There's something about that, that connection. You know, it's not just about ancestry and family line. And I think that's a really important thing for, for us to remember that just because we have messy relationships with our family now doesn't mean that we don't belong, you know doesn't mean that that we have to, you know, that cutting people out of our lives doesn't mean we have to cut our whole bloodline off in a sense. And my relationship to this land, like that's what I'm feeling is the most important. And through that, I'm making these connections to other ancestors, even though maybe I'm not, you know, ready to spend a bunch of time with my mom, you know, who I haven't had a relationship with for over a year. For just as an example. And I also don't have to open up a bunch of wounds and have a lot of drama. And no, you know, I, I just I just want to be here and, and be reminded of the fact that this is where I come from. I come from here. So it makes sense that I'm returning here too, I guess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And Leia, every day, every day, she says, Mama, I really love Sweden. 
in the beginning, she was like, I love Sweden a little bit. It's very cold. <laughs> she really can't deal with the cold. I mean, she has never experienced cold in her life. And now it feels like summer and we're spending every hour of the day outside. You know, we're doing just tiny things that I really used to take for granted as the most basic thing ever. Like we're making bark boats, like little boats with bark from the forest with little sails in them and pushing them out into the lake and, you know, picking wildflowers and hugging trees every day and <laughs> washing our sheets and then hanging them out in the sun. You know, things that are just so, so basic, so foundational. Like, you, I can't even tell you the last time I did a deep cleaning. I mean, I don't really want to talk about deep cleaning in terms of mold I mean we've been through so much but how we live in Aruba it's very different you know we don't even have a we don't have a vacuum cleaner in Aruba like we just sweep the floors there's something really foundational about like doing the dishes by hand here like I'm doing every day I don't know making a fire you know the basics of basics of basics of basics and not just shoving things in a dishwasher or you know waiting for someone else to do it or you know, turning on the AC or turning up the heat or these kinds of things that are just part of everyday life. There's something about this cabin life of, oh, I'm reminded every day that if I'm cold, I need to go and chop the wood and put the wood in the fire and, and light a fire, you know, like if it's, if it's hot, like now I got to open up all the windows, you know, and the way we've lived in Aruba for the past couple of years, it's been further removed from these basics. You know, we've lived with air conditioning, we've lived a very digitized kind of kind of life, I think, with a lot of comforts in different ways, but further removed, further removed from nature, even though, even though we're outside, there's something really different about not having, hmm, not having this direct contact to nature in a major way. The beach is beautiful, of course, you know, but nothing grows in the sand. Hmm. So where this kind of contemplation is, is taking me now is there is healing to be found in returning to where you came from. And that doesn't mean you have to return to the toxic relationships that aren't good for you. Chances are, if you've cut someone out of your life, if you've left something, you left because it wasn't healing for you. It wasn't a healthy place for you to be. And there's ways for us, I think, I hope, I mean, that's what I'm feeling to make our way back to that real, real connection to your land, to your bloodlines, while choosing yourself, not sacrificing yourself, not falling back into the same old relationships, the same old dynamics, but actually making a change. And the question is, I guess, you know, after we've done all of our therapy and we've done all the ceremony and all the rituals and all the self-care and all the work, right? If we can't go back to where we came from and feel or witness that healing in action, then are we really healing? You know, I think that's a really big thing. Not that we should all return to everything bad and toxic and like somehow manage that all of a sudden, but there is something too. People used to tell me this and it used to trigger the hell out of me. They're like, oh, so what, you ran away from Sweden because things were bad? Well, shouldn't you be able to manage anything anywhere if you're really that spiritual or if you're really healing that way? 
And I used to be super triggered. And I was triggered because in a sense, it's true, right? If we really want to be enlightened beings and we want to be on this super spiritual path, it's like be here now, find peace now. But the reality of life is that's not how it works. You know, if you have a really fucked up relationship with your mom, like the way I've had my whole life, to all of a sudden go back to something really codependent and unhealthy and then expect for your, of yourself to all of a sudden be an enlightened being, you know, and to not fall back into the dynamics of that you've known your entire life. I mean, that is the hardest thing you could ever in a million years do. It's like, oh, you think you think you you think you're enlightened? Well, go go home for Christmas, right? Go home for the holidays, like go have dinner with your family and just watch all those childhood wounds come to life again. All those triggers, all of those reactions, all those dynamics. I mean, they're sitting there and they sit deep. It, we can't just snap our fingers and all of a sudden be different, you know. But also at the same time, it's kind of a cool practice to to check, you know. Or at least I feel like for me in my life, it's it's a cool practice to check. I feel different. I feel healthy. I feel whole in so many ways. I feel like I've changed in major, major ways. So what is it like for me to stand really grounded in myself the way I am now and then touch on those old family dynamics that used to harm me a lot. What is that like? What is that what is it like to let a little bit of of that back in, you know? Can I stay steady or do I lose myself right away? And it's something like if I don't try it, if I don't give it a try, I'm never going to know and then I'll never be able to to be in Sweden, you know, I'll never be able to come back to where I came from because everything will just feel too hard, too much, like I have to cut it out forever and something is calling me here. So it's almost like it's worth a try, right? Even if it just means being reminded of, okay, this is too triggering for me. This relationship, I cannot, I can't stay with myself. I can't be in this relationship and not sacrifice my own well-being for the other person. Okay, then maybe I should stay away from that, right? But it's also that kind of, it brings it brings a little bit of confidence, you know, knowing that, okay, I can interact here. I can go visit these people. I can let these people in and be okay at the end of the day or witness my triggers and not have to act on them right away or process that at the end of the day, you know, like it's, it's okay. I can manage. And I think that's been a beautiful thing to, to witness, to be honest. A really trippy thing has been every time I've had an interaction with family since I came, which isn't a lot, I mean, not that much, but every time at the end of the day, Leia has, you know, what, what regular people would call a tantrum at the end of the day. And first I thought this was all a fluke. I really did just like, oh, we had a, you know, she couldn't fall asleep or, and she doesn't have a lot of tantrums. We don't have a lot of big issues in that way. But then I figured it out after like a week, wait, like every time that we've had an interaction of some sort with someone from my bloodline, like someone from blood family, at the end of the day, we have a meltdown together. (laughs) And I'm talking this through with a friend. And after it happened, like, you know, the seventh time or something, I'm like, okay, it's 100% true. The days that were just us, the days that we're with friends, the days that it's just, you know, calm and quiet, Like she just goes to bed and everything is fine. The days after we've met someone from my family, even if that interaction was beautiful 
and easy and fun because we've had a lot of fun and you know not everything is bad it's almost like that energetic connection shakes her i don't know if if you know in her soul she knows that i'm connected to this person by blood and there's history here or if she senses separation or she senses old trauma or she senses i mean she's a pisces she's the most feeling person in the world there's something that she's picking up on in these interactions or maybe it's how i am interacting do i energetically become different like do i become a different version of myself that she doesn't know you know am i acting differently toward her like i have no clue but at the end of every one of those days we have had, you know, the hardest night, the hardest night where just everything is impossible, where she's crying and she's screaming and then I end up crying and I end up screaming, you know, it's like a whole thing. Maybe at the end of it, it's like through holding her in that overwhelmed place, I get to also feel all my feelings because she just pulls them out of me. That's what I felt one of those days was like, wow, you know, I didn't know how much I felt about this interaction I had with a family member today until she spent an hour crying and then I started crying too and then I was like okay well this was a hard day it didn't feel like a hard day but it was a hard day you know and I didn't know so maybe it's a gift also like I (laughs) I don't know man all I know is that family is fucking difficult not everybody has a family as difficult and complicated (laughs) as mine like that I know but family is not easy And you guys ask me all the time, I mean, that's probably the most requested podcast episode that people ask for is, can you talk about how to set boundaries with family members or parents? And I haven't recorded that episode because I still don't know if I'm nailing it. (laughs) If that makes sense. I still don't know if I have enough wisdom to share, you know. I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like a baby on the boundary setting journey in a sense you know I, I need more time to for things to solidify and to I need to be assured that I am still standing steady in myself even with these people around because that's how you know that a boundary is working right it's like when you don't leave yourself and I'm here now <laughs> you know so yeah I want to I want to take a moment for all of us to honor the land that we come from. So if you come from a traumatic upbringing or you have abusive parents or abuse or really traumatic, horrible things in your past, then you really don't want to revisit those people or that dynamic. You definitely don't have to, probably shouldn't. You know, I think for so many people, it's healthy to, we're healthier without that toxic dynamic but even if that's the case you know it's like the land we come from is still our land think about that a little bit that there's a way to honor where we came from without having to include the traumatic stuff without having to forgive people for unforgivable things you know without kidding ourselves that all of a sudden things are going to be okay in a relationship when we know it's never going to be that we can still feel that connection that we have to our actual roots. And our roots are bigger than mom and dad. Our roots are bigger than siblings. Our roots grow deeper than grandparents. Like this immediate family that we're in 
that not for everyone, and I don't want to say everyone has a horrible time with their family. I know there are beautiful families with ease and flow, and maybe one day that will be mine, but it's not today, right? But for people that don't have ease and flow, where there is a lot of trauma and toxic stuff, you know, there's more to you and your roots and how you belong than these immediate people that are present and alive today. Your roots run so deep. They run so deep. And we got to place our feet back in that earth where we are reminded that this is where I came from. This is it right here. That once I was a part of this moss, you know, like I have that feeling sometimes like I can go into the woods, curl up and just become one of the rocks there. Almost like, is that how I, you guys know that, that scene from Frozen when all of a sudden all the trolls, they come to life, you know, they like roll in as rocks. Like I, f- I feel that sometimes that is that, is that how we came? That's how we came here. Like we woke up from that. Like we were really a part of the forest. Somehow the evolution brought us from that to here. I don't know. Like I hug one of these trees and I feel like that tree is a part of me. And that feeling of belonging in that deep, deep, deep way, it also makes all the hard stuff along the way, it also makes it all worth it somehow. Hmm. And there's something here unfolding today that I feel so grateful for, that I feel is so important. And I don't have to figure it out. I just, I'm just going to stay here doing what I'm doing right now. I'm just going to hug these trees, play with my kid, <laughs> row the boat out onto the lake, <laughs> make a fire, you know, do the dishes. Like I'm just going to be here doing exactly this. And maybe next week I'll be enlightened. Okay. If that happens, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for tuning in with me today. If this is sparking anything for you around your own homeland, your own roots, your own ancestral connections, past traumas, feelings that you're experiencing today, maybe belonging to someone, something really old, I invite you to take a few breaths and just sit with what is moving inside. Journaling for five, 10 minutes right now on whatever is sparked inside of you. And if it feels important, give it space space. I love you and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. If you enjoyed this show, please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you next week.